You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable, and powerful with better data and insights. One of the biggest pressures today is people saying yes to everything. Mark Fritz, what is the secret to saying no and why is it important? Well, I think the first thing is to be assertive in, in what you're doing. You know, you can't be focused. Uh, focus is subtraction. It's not addition. So you got to be assertive in, in how you deal with people. But, you know, the only way to get across what no means in the right way is to listen and listen first. They say that a lot of people, you know, are uh, you know, aggressive when they say no. <laughs> it's because they're not listening. They're just looking at everything from, from their own side. I think you have to say no, taking into account both people. But yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, there's no way you're gonna be, you know, focused unless you have the ability to say no. Well, our show goes out to accounting professionals all over the world. You bring in perspective. This is why we love having you on, Mark, from different industries, all the many sectors you work in all over. What can busy people like accountants learn from other sectors or is everyone the same? I don't know. I think everybody's in the same boat these days in terms of, you know, there's just too much to do. And yeah, there's overwhelm, overload, burnout. Yeah, you know, I always say to people, you know, when, when I grew up, um, there was only three television channels. There was only so much you could do with your spare time. You know, you go to the bowling alley, you do this with friends and so forth. So I think we're just overwhelmed with choice. Um, and a lot of times we, we think we should be doing all the good things uh, that we have on our plate and everything. And, and every time, if, if you're motivated, you're coming up with new ideas all the time and wanting to do more and more and more. Uh, but I think the, the key is is doing less. Um, I was just reading, rereading a book, a very old book, titled, I think, uh, Do Less to Earn More. It's a simple message, but it doesn't come through. So why don't we say no? There must be we must be scared of something. Well, we're scared of how people will react if, if we, we say no to them and, and we can't do something and so forth. Uh, there's the other one. I think it's uh, what's the acronym now? FOMO, fear of missing out uh, that way uh, to fit in. I, I always say, you know, if you're trying to fit in, um, and you're trying to be like what you're basically wanting to be average. <laughs> and, and, you know, if you're trying to fit in all the time. And I think it, it's uh, it's important for us to to do things, uh, you know, in terms of our own, you know, what's going to help us go faster. But we you know we have to be aware that, you know, we're not getting to where we want to go by ourselves. Right. So we we do have to be, you know, building relationships and everything. And there was a saying, I think, from Zig Ziglar, it, said, it says, uh, you can get everything you want in life by helping others get what they want. Well, there's a wonderful little document you've created, one of the many that we'll put a link to on our website here on our show notes. That says, some of the fears are not pleasing others, being perceived as uncooperative, any negative consequences, damage in relationships, missing out on opportunities. That's the FOMO you talked about, being judges incompetent, not a team player, not meeting expectations. All of these things run through our mind when somebody asks us to do something that perhaps is beyond scope. And, and it's tough to get your head around, how can I get out of this? We're going to come on to that. But it, it puts you in a difficult situation, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it really does. It really does. And it, if you're overstretched, 
uh, every little request is kind of like just the final, final thing that tips you over sometimes. Um, you know, I, I think the real key of saying no is being so strong in your focus that you can respond very, very quickly as to why you're saying no and what yes would mean to something else or vice versa. Um, and also be aware of people's times. Uh, you know, many people sometimes will ask for something immediately. It doesn't have to necessarily be immediately, but they don't trust you to, to come later on. So, you know, there's an element of negotiating our time and saying, okay, yeah, what if I bring this to you the, the end of uh, the day or end of tomorrow? Would that be okay? You know, so, you know, unless we speak up and we position it in the right way or we ask a few questions as to when it's actually needed, uh, you know, we can't read people's minds. So, you know, we could say yes or we could say no but or whatever, but we need to understand a little bit, a little, little bit more behind that request. And one of the kind of situations when you're coaching, mentoring people that come up where people should be saying no. Well, I, I think a lot of times is, is, uh, you know, when you're running a large organization is, is you, you come in and it maybe start a new job and everything. There's lots of things happening. Uh, if you don't stop certain things that are no longer being productive, whatever, uh, because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings because they're leading this project. You don't want to stop it, et cetera. I think that's a real big thing. Um, you know, I, I still remember now the, the story of Steve Jobs when he came back into Apple and he had like 30 some products and he said, hey, guys, we're going down to four <laughs> desktop, laptop, consumer, professional. So I think there's an element of uh, you have to be strong enough and, and you have to be strong enough in your direction because you're not saying no in isolation just because of, of your own workload. You're saying no because saying yes to this would be no to something and we're not moving towards what we want to achieve faster. So, you know, I was, I found in almost anything, you're trying to get collaboration with people, whatever. Um, you, you can't be, uh, arguing just your own point because then it becomes like a competition at the time. You have to put something out in front and say, this is going to take us there faster, or this is what we need to do to achieve the goal or whatever. So you have to have some type of target which you're, you're now reasoning why you might have to say no in this instance. I'm reminded of the quote by John Maxwell. Mark says, say no to the good so you can say yes to the great. But we keep saying yes to all the good stuff, fine. But then we don't either have the vision to see the great stuff when it comes along, or we can see it, but we don't have the bandwidth to do anything about it. So on your document, you gave some examples of when we should be saying no, scope creep, unnecessary meetings taking on other people's responsibilities. You're nodding here on the video, last minute requests, volunteering for opportunities, unrealistic deadlines, conflicting priorities, personal boundaries. I, there's such a big list of things that we should be, we should be ready for in advance, shouldn't we? Because the worst time to think of the best thing to say is right when you're in the moment as the words are coming out of your mouth. Yeah, and if you're not focused, you're, you're just going to react emotionally to something and not, uh, and not logically behind it and so forth. The, the other one you mentioned is very important is boundaries. And I think it's even more important today's uh, because everybody's life is a, a much more blurred, right? You're, you're combining work time, personal time, and everything. You have a lot more flexibility because of driven by the homeworking during the pandemic. But I think we have to state our boundaries and say, you know, listen, this is part of my family time. 
you know, I can't do that tonight, but I'll come in. I'll do that. I'll start that right the first in the morning and I'll get it to you by noon or something. So I, I think we have to be a lot more aware of that. And I think if you're a good leader, you're 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 delegating things in ways that will match the boundaries of the people around you. And I think you have to take that in because if you're not respecting their boundaries, their boundaries, um, you know, they're they're not feeling as valued. And, and I think that we have to ask a few extra questions sometimes with people around us as to what their boundaries are. There's a wonderful accounting firm I'm working with in North Carolina, USA, called Bernard Robinson and Company, BRC. They have an amazing culture, Mark, where they do have each other's backs in situations like that. But it comes from the leadership down where they're not in the office at eight o'clock and in the evening. And if they are, they came in at, at noon and they will leave and go to the kids' recitals and athletics and, and have their own lives. And when they send an email at one o'clock in the morning, they don't expect an answer back. And everyone's got their own personal boundaries and they all work in different ways. And we are all different creatures, aren't we? Yeah, I think you, you don't create that culture without talking about it. You know, what, talks, what you talk about comes about. So you can't sort of create a memo and say, this is the culture we're going to have. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, they, they've, they've talked about it. And I think, you know, like, for me, a culture is shared expectations. It's um, it's what we want to achieve together and, and kind of what behaviors we expect from each other. So I think that type of discussion has to happen sometimes now. Uh, and you have a foundation for, for much better, um, how would you say, conversations when you have to say no or you have to say no but or, you know, or you qualify, you know, this is not going to get us there faster. So, um, you know, I, I think it's really important what you said is that they talked about it and, and it ends up they're respecting each other's boundaries because they're aware. Of you mentioned the word assertive Elliot. You outlined three approaches to saying no, that the audience will recognize there's an assertive one. I'll get you to jump into it a little bit more. There's a very aggressive one, which is, I'm not doing that. <laughs> get out. And there's a passive one, which is where you're silent and you're seething on the inside, but compliant on the outside. And, and yet you're, you're almost too accepting, but you really, you really criticize yourself on the inside for not being stronger. So just outline those three approaches and the, the downsides of the last two. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the last two. I mean, if you're aggressive, the aggressive person is just saying no. They're not telling you why. And they're being very uh, forceful about it without listening. The passive person is just listening, but not listening to understand anything. They're just sort of, you know, resigned to the fact that they're just going to have to do it. And then, as you say, they're going to hate themselves because they said yes all the time in and, and that way. But, you know, the assertive people are, are very interesting. Assertive people are actually listening because there's no way to package why you, you need to say no or in what context and so forth without listening to the other side first. You know, I, I think the most the, the very best assertive people have learned um, to ask the right questions and listen to the things that they understand because. The assertive people and very successful assertive people are, are like context providers. Whatever they say has a very good context. They're just not going back at you, but they're trying to frame why they're saying something or they're trying to leave a lasting impression with what they're saying. So I think assertive people is, is much more open in terms of sharing their boundaries and so forth and what they're thinking and so forth. But, you know, you only earn the right to talk by listening first. And then people will listen to you if you listen to them first. Mark, how do you feel about scripts? We know that scripts work because every song we've ever listened to, we get emotional about, but that's been sung a thousand times and rehearsed a thousand times. Every movie we watch that 
scares us or entertains us, that's been written, rehearsed a thousand times. So scripts work, but if they're delivered in a good way, you see people like accountants, professionals like that, they're not necessarily spontaneous. They're not great quick witters and comedians. So having something to say in advance for certain scenarios, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's... It's not so much a script, but there is some key phrases or things that would be very, very helpful. But it's almost like what should be uh, my reaction when I encounter these type of things and, and be more aware that it's, it's, it's not necessarily responding right away, but it's you have to frame why you're saying no in a way that the other person will understand. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the more you get better at it, the more you do it and the more you're just seeing what works, you're going to remember those things. Um, but, but what I found is, is look at it this way too, you know, when I'm a presenter and I teach and everything. And so if I'm very, very well prepared, my mind is not focused on what I'm going to say, but on the audience and looking at different things, right? So if you're very, very understanding your focus, you understand your focus very, very well. Um, and, and you're, you're, you're set yourself up that you're not going to react. You're going to be calm you're going to be much more aware in the moment. And, and I think that's why having a clear focus, and that's why you see people that are assertive are generally calm. They're, they're not going crazy because they, they have that foundation of being focused and they're more uh, in the moment listening than just talking or, or just reacting. Now, we're putting this episode out at the beginning of the year because we all start with good intentions. New Year's resolutions, all of that. But often what we do is we say, oh, right, I'm going to do more of something. I'm going to take on more. I'm going to go to the gym more. I'm going to do more running. I'm going to do more exercise. I'm, I'm going to eat less food, which actually takes more planning. So we're, we're taking on ever more things. Any advice for setting good New Year's resolutions or calibrating your year, your quarter, whatever it is, with some kind of boundaries? Well, it is, there's two things I always say when you want to do a change or, you know, the news resolutions. I mean, the, the first thing is that you, you have to hold yourself accountable in some way. So you just can't set it. But, you know, what, what, is, what is doing this well look like? And try to do it at a minimum. What are the minimum habits? You know, a friend of mine did some uh, coaching and fitness. He says, just do 10 minutes, you know, because once you get into it, you might want to continue it on. So what are the small things you're going to do? But even more important, I found, is this. The most successful people have a reflection and think ahead time, right? If you're going to get very active and you got some very key goals and focus and you're going to keep adding to your plate, you need to have a time each week to reflect and think ahead. What do I need to continue doing? What should I stop? And you got to put your goals in front of you right away and say, okay, I made these commitments when I set these goals. Did I honor those commitments last week? <laughs> what am I going to do to honor them next week? So I used to call my reflection time, and I generally do it midday on Friday, you know, my triage. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of things that I shouldn't be focused on and focused on the right things. But it's asking myself the question, was I accountable this week to the things I said I was going to do? And, and I think without that, you go three or four weeks without a reflection, and they, all these things are building in your head, and you're not going to react well in those no situations. It's one thing saying no to other people. It's another thing saying no to yourself because we don't want to deny ourselves pleasures. We want the good things in life. So having that conversation inside your head is, is as important as anything, isn't it? Yeah, and you need something in front of you, right? Because if everything is in your head, you think in fragments. So you don't have all the fragments together. So you have to have something in front of you on paper or whatever that holds yourself true. You know, if you ask a lot of people, that's, that's kind of like your weekly North Star. <laughs> 
right? Well, you've given some hints already about how busy professionals can deal with this, but we're going to go through your five steps that you lay out in your document and you can give us a little bit of context for these. The first you say, in saying no, be confident and direct and stay in the driver's seat. Just unpack that a little for us. Yeah, I mean, you're only confident if, if you're focused, but, you know, don't don't always, you know, assume that you should take a, a back seat and just, you know, uh, appease people and things like that. And you being know, direct means not pussyfooting around or getting to the point quickly. Getting to the point quickly, right? If you're going to frame a context why you have to say no, you don't go through all oh, this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. This is this one thing. They, they don't want to know that. You know, you have to focus it and frame it. But if you frame the context in a concise way, you allow them to respond and then you, you can respond back in that way. So what I found is one of the most important things in very good leaders and very good communicators is they're concise to allow other people to talk more. <laughs> mm. I remember the quote by Mark Twain. He said, I'm writing you a long letter because I don't have time to write you a short one. Exactly. It's, it's that kind of idea. The second tip you give is share with both of you in mind. You said uh, you've got to convey that you understand each other. What does that mean? You have to understand why they're asking, what's important to them, why, what the timing is important, et cetera, as well. So if you haven't asked a few key questions to listen, uh, you don't know if you can negotiate a different timing of this or, or you know what no means to them. You know what no means to you, but you don't know what no means to them. So I, I, I think you have to play both sides in order to package the right context by what you want to say, you know, what does no mean? Your third tip is listening beyond the words. You've talked already about the importance of listening, but you've also added, consider the emotions in what is being said. It's not just the words, is it? I mean, you might have a person who's just really, really stuck and needs something by a certain time. And, and, and you, and you, if you see that and you're hearing the, the things behind it and you kind of understand their situation and you know where the request on them is coming from, maybe, you know, in those situations, you might accommodate in a certain way, right? Because you're helping them in a time of real need. And a lot of times people don't articulate that in words. <laughs> they, they articulate that in the way they describe things and what's on their face and, and your knowledge as well of, of, you know, what, how would you say the background behind their request? Yeah. You say in step four, offer alternatives, compromises, and this is you say maintaining or gaining leverage. What does that mean? Well, you know, as, as I said, you know, if you're listening to what they need and when by when, you might be able to negotiate providing something in a different way or so forth or a different timing. So and, you're not and, saying yo, no, you're saying a different kind of yes. Really. You're saying a different kind of yes, but you're not. You're merely just saying no. Where if you didn't know the background or what they needed at what timing and so forth, you would have said no. But now you can maybe accommodate that. If you're helping them in their time of need, they'll help you in their time of need. It's like interdependence, right? If we need each other in certain ways, you know, we're going to help each other. You finish by saying, stay within your boundaries and, and play with a home game mentality. That's a wonderful phrase. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can, you know, a lot of times our human nature is we want to accommodate. And so we kind of push ourselves out of our boundaries to accommodate the other person, especially if we like them and, and we've done work with them before and every day, we might go out of our way to help them and, and really go outside our boundaries. In some ways, sometimes people would say, okay, I'll help you out. And then they, 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 they fail to make a family commitment, right? They don't see their child at the sports or things like this. So 
I think there's we have to stay within those boundaries. And I think the more we describe those boundaries, if we're on day to day interaction with different people, the more uh, they describe theirs and we kind of respect each other's boundaries. And ultimately, Mark, it comes down to there is a cost to saying no. There is a cost to saying yes. We're all adults. We've got to make tough decisions and, and accountants particularly, they're looked at as the trusted advisor, super smart people, technically brilliant, and they've got to be on top of things like this. Otherwise, we're going to have more burnout, more quiet quitting, more overwhelm, more mental health problems. It's only going one way. Exactly. Exactly. And here's another thing too, is that we all have to really understand our best times and our best times to do certain work. So, you know, when I say uh, no sometimes, because I just don't have the right time, but I might say yes, but I can't get this to you to like Wednesday or so forth. And then I know a time when I can fit it in when I'm at my best. In other words, uh, if I have something really detailed, I'll do it very early in the morning, uh, wake up very early and get it done because I know later in the day, my mind would be on that. So I think you can say yes more and, and you can negotiate better ways that match your own schedule if you know when you're at your best for certain types of work. That's a really good point. We're going to finish with our best tips for saying no. I'm going to give mine, Mark, and then we're going to finish with you giving yours. I remember a story about a, a guy that ran a stadium football stadium and he was super good op head of operations, I think. And the CEO came to him with a particular job because he knew that this guy would get the job done. He, he was amazing. And when he went into his office and asked him to do this job, which was beyond scope, that the operations guy pointed to a whiteboard and he said, these are all the things that you've asked me to do this week. Which of these would you like me to give up? to now do the task you're asking me to do, because at least two of these have got to go. The CEO looked to the board and said, you're right, you carry on with those and I'll go and ask somebody else. So that would be my top tip is to say to people, hey, I'm doing this, this, and this, which we all agree are really important. If you would like me to give one of these up, I will do which one to get the job doing that you're asking me to do. So that would be my top tip, a little illustration to show people what's on your plate. What would you leave our listeners and watchers with, Mark, with your best tip? Well, you you, you kind of stole my top one. Did because I? <laughs> it, 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 it's the context. It's the context by which you're doing that. You you that in that situation, you framed it visually there and and said, you know, yes means that, <laughs> no means that, and etc. But I think there's another one, especially if you're if you're leading a an accounting group and everything, and you're you're thinking about always the best service to your customers. Here's an interesting one. You always have to make sure that your clients are answered faster by your people than you. <laughs> because you always have to, you, you can't say no to clients, right? So they, they come to you. But the key thing I found is you don't have to say no to clients if you train them to be dealt with with your people than you. So I found that when I was leading, in other departments or clients or customers or vendors, when they ask me questions, if I give them a slower answer than my people could, they'll go to my people more often. Makes great sense. So you can set yourself up for, for not having to say no with that particular way. And that is a good point. Clients feel they have a right to ask you for everything. I mean, they're paying you for goodness sake. So you should be doing whatever they ask you to do. We've certainly got to draw some boundaries. Exactly. And I always work and I advise people you know, make sure that you elevate the confidence of your people in your clients and never provide an answer quicker to the clients from you. Always 
default to your people. And if they trust your people, they'll go directly there. They get right to the source and, and you have an easier time and your mindset is more on the future than the day to day. Well, class Mark Fritz, thank you. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure to, to have a chat with you. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights.